Hello, world. Thanks for tuning in to the Padres podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and this is my co-host, George. How's it going, George? Going well. It's going well. I'm glad we're both co-hosts on this. You know, <laughs> um, doing really well. Doing real well. Except uh, yeah. I think I broke a nail, Mike. Oh, you did? Oh, you yeah. got bigger problems than that, I'll tell you that much. Do problems? Yeah. Oh, we got the problems. Greenhouse gases. Oh, no oh, that by uh, twenty fifty. By twenty fifty, we're projected to have ten billion people on this planet. That means sixty percent more food needed. How many uh, billion? Ten billion. Ten billion. Jesus. A lot of billions. God's above. Wow. <laughs> Which means we do need more food, right? Oh, yeah. The, environment, the environmental impact of our food system right now is responsible for a quarter of the greenhouse emissions. Do you believe that? I do believe that, Mike. The question is, do you believe that? Me? Absolutely. I do believe that. <laughs> it's not a good thing. I mean, we got people out there. They're trying to turn us into veganism, which is a good thing. And we got people opposing it. You know what? Like, for longer term, obviously, the vegan is the way to go. But we're basically bred to eat meat every day with every dinner. When I, when I, when I don't eat meat, I feel like my meal's empty. You ever just had rice and, like, you know, potatoes or something on the side? Yeah. Ever been satisfied from that? I mean, if you have a certain amount, you can get satisfied from it. I'm not. I'm never satisfied from it. I always need the meat product. It's like got the rice, and then you know, got the potatoes, and then it's like, where's the chicken? Something uh, like that. You're you're always asking, where's the meat? Where's the damn chicken? Where's the beef? That's it. You know what I mean? It's honestly, it's it's one of the hardest things. It's it's like a drug, right? Like, it's like sugar, which is, you know, the world's biggest oh, yeah. drug. Yeah, easy. Meat, meat is, you know, there's actually one of the leading theories as to why um, Homo sapiens became such cognizant and such uh, conscientious uh, beings on this planet is that he started cooking meat for whatever reason. You know, maybe uh, Caveman Joe or whatever fucking... Uh, you know, just thought it smelt good to put his mm -hmm. his slab of meat over the fire. What that process did was it actually took away a huge amount of energy from our digestion, consuming the meat, allowed that energy to reach our higher brain functions. Arguably, cooked meat is the reason why we are so conscious. You're so conscious meat. because of the meat? Because of cooked meat. What do you mean? That doesn't make sense. It does. Okay. Like, do you think you could take a raw slab of, you know, let's say a New York strip, a nice juicy New York strip? Can you eat that cold and raw right off the cow? No. Our, our bodies weren't uh, meant to pr like process meat either way, even if it was cooked. You still can't process it perfectly. 
but you can't process it perfectly. But the fact that there is proteins and there is different nutrients within meat, even raw. In fact, there's actually more raw than there is cooked. But because we started cooking the meat, we now are eliminating one essential step from our digestive system. And that excess energy flows and allows our brains to really go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can agree with that. You never heard about this? What? whole theory the cooked meat theory cooked meat theory i was told that this is what i learned that either way our bodies cannot process meat they're not supposed to process meat bodies weren't built for it our bodies can process meat. in fact we are one of the world's oh i mean we are the world's biggest omnivores but you know uh certain Species on this planet can only consume meat. Certain species can only consume uh, insects or uh, uh, leaves and herbs and things like that. Also, some are carnivores, some are herbivores. We are the biggest omnivores. We eat both and receive sustenance from both. Yeah. Oh. I mean, you know. Veganism in and of itself, Mike, is a very complex topic. You know, it starts the practice, practice of abstaining from sex and leads to lots of teen pregnancy. Oh, shit. Wrong topic. Well, okay, what's that? Abstaining from consuming meat and other animal byproducts. That's what it's like eggs, jello, and blood. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, um, differences between the vegetarian and uh, vegan. Um, so vegetarians... Not have meat, pork, or fish, but they can have the cheese, can have the eggs. Uh, vegans cannot have the cheese, the eggs, or the meat, pork, or fish. There's a type of actual veganism that uh, allows you to eat fish. Uh, I forgot oh. what it was called. It was a pescatarian, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's vegetarianism, yeah. though. Yeah. Oh, okay. So vegetarianism yeah, yeah. can eat. Yeah, because vegetarianism meat. kind of. Gives a little bit of leeway here and there to stuff, exactly. whereas veganism has a very hard line, like no yeah. animals, no animal byproducts. You could just think of it as like a stepping stone into the vegan world. Absolutely, that's how most vegans actually see it as a, as a stepping stone, but only as a stone. yeah, because um, you can just cold turkey. You know, it's like trying to quit smoking. You go cold <laughs> turkey. Maybe it is the way to do it. It's very hard. Some people That's can go cold power. turkey. Uh, other people need to take those steps, right? They got to wean themselves off slowly but surely. Yeah. There's people Vegans. out there, you know, they can do it right away. But and, and I look up, you know, those those are great people right there. One who can just take one day and be like, you know what? I ain't having any of this shit. Fuck it. Well, to be able to reinvent yourself is really you know, something of a of a truly you really got to respect them you know you gotta it's gotta they got that special something to them you know it means they can go out there and do something uh, that's so revolutionary to their system absolutely and and the best part is you know they believe what they're doing is right and it, it is right I, I also agree with it i wouldn't necessarily say right and you know, there's a big drawback between what's right and what's wrong. Uh, 
listen, Mike, I, I think honestly that we need in our lives. That's the way I was raised, and I think that's the way that, that we got to live. Now, oh, okay, they used to even the, back in the day, you know, the Olympians that they had, I mean, Olympians, yeah, but yeah, they, it's true, even in, in history, you know, there's great, there's, there's a lot of people who you know, were vegans or vegetarians, even in history, but I mean, look, Mike, it's, it's not only hard, I'm not saying we shouldn't do it because it's hard. I'm saying it's hard because it's, it's something we've, it's a business we've created at this point too. There's oh, so many complex factors to it all. People can change their businesses. They change it to a more plant-based business because there has been uh, facilities that have swapped over to plant-based uh, ingredients to, to try to imitate the texture of meat and it's you said that they use the exact same facility the exact same uh, machines uh, the only difference is there there's no blood splatter on the floor but these people are using like goo they're using even if they're not using animal byproducts or, or meat in and of itself who's to say that it's necessarily healthier you don't know if it's healthier. In fact, you know, there's there's quite a few arguments that it's not healthier. Hmm. Um, I don't. I can't see it. Healthier than me. Well, look, you miss out on some vital nutrients if you have a poorly planned vegan diet. Uh, Mike, vitamin B12 is, is incredibly important to us. Um, saturated fats, cholesterol, long-chain omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D, calcium, zinc. These are all, even dietary energy itself. The, the, the energy you need to sustain yourself and your higher brain functions. These are all needed. If you switch to you know a vegan diet and you aren't looking at dietary supplements and you're definitely not looking at meat at all then you know there's certain deficiencies that won't help you in life yeah, but we can consume plants that also have those kind of um vitamins and minerals that we need for the body um yes but then plant-based stuff we can find find uh tofu like stuff like that Get protein out of you're not wrong, Mike, but on the same token, what about you know, like all the the new well, you just said yourself that in twenty what do you say, twenty forty, twenty fifty, ten billion people? Think about sure how much Okay, yeah, yeah. Think of how much food we would then have because you need to eat more vegan food in order to match up the meat. No, you need to eat more. So that means that you definitely need to now farm more. A bigger agricultural business means actually more, and possibly more environmental damage because the way that we farm as it is is not very sustainable. That is true. That is true. But way, we're not actually being cruel to an actual species in the world. You know what I mean? 
uh, animal cruelty, like, it, it's out there, you know? They have these fucking pigs and shit like that, sleeping and shit, uh, all fasted, and you feed them, you know, all this shit, inject them, and we're eating them. And I, 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 like, I understand that the process is probably the same with the pesticides and stuff, um, to planting uh, trees and, like, plant-based products. I don't think it's as harmful, and you're not destroying another species. You know, like taking their lives to living hell. Like, what if you were born a cow? Like, you're fucked. Oh yeah, easy. But on the other hand, you know, I, listen, I I come at it from the point of view that even plants, I plants are alive. This earth is alive, Mike. So even if you were to switch to plant-based alternatives and, and things of the like, then you are now expanding the industries which uh, oppress the earth and oppress more, more plants. Like I got my marijuana plants growing, and guess what? I Every day, I had a marijuana plant that looked like it was on the verge of death. I talked to it every day. I gave it confidence. You know, I told that I loved it, and and it turned into this beautiful plant. It budded and harvested perfectly. I do the same with my plants right now. This year, I do that with all my plants because guess what? They're alive too, and they respond that um, positive energy that I give to them. So, really. You know, of course, we can see cows, pigs, chickens walking around. But on the same token, people forget that plants breathe too. Plants communicate with each other too. Oh, yes, plants breathe, but they don't have an emotion to something. I rip a plant out of the floor. I rip a plant out of the floor. That's it. I go and I cut like, a pig. When you when you cut your grass, you know that fresh cut grass smell. The pheromones. That's the pheromones of grass screaming. And I'm being literally chopped. Okay, so we can't eat grass and we can't eat meat, so we're fucked. We're fucked. Listen, humans are fucked to begin with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Here's the <laughs> other thing. Here's the other thing, Mike. Is that veganism, veganism gets, it gets complex with these multiple layers to it vegans who, who are people just going about their lives just saying I personally want to eat uh, you know plant-based and and I don't I don't want to eat animals I don't want to eat animal byproducts because I think that's personally better for myself then you have the level of ethical vegans who argue that No, and then you you take it one step further. No, you take it to the level of environmental. Oh, you want to repeat that? Uh, you cut out there for a bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Ethical veganism is a philosophy that determines, you know, uh, a, a certain worldview that our slaughter and ill treatment of the animals that we consume is disgusting. And uh, granted, you know, factory farming is pretty disgusting and things like that. And then as well, it's taken to the realm of environmentalism. That's the next stage. Environmental 
uh, vegans argue that it's we are damaging the planet and that it's unsustainable what we are doing with animals. But, but, and I use a huge but here, ethical and environmental veganism also proposes that we expand the government because that would mean we have to enforce and regulate certain things about the animal industry. But meat is no good for the body, but a plant-based it is plant-based meal is good for the body. Really very nutritional. So is meat. Oh, it's not. Yes, it is. Oh, meat fucking increases the risk of heart disease and bowel cancer. And that's like fact. You want to live forever, Mike? Depends how healthy I am at what age, right? If I'm fucking croaking at 60, then I think that's it, right? Like, hey, if I could be healthy at 60, why not? Like, if I can stand up, I can go for a run. Makes me different than the 24-year-old, right? I'd love to be immortal. You know, it's with uh, going back to the superpower episode. If you were to ask me what my superpower was to be, I would say immortal. But guess what? I would rather be immortal and not sacrifice, you know, the way that I live uh, than, you know, be mortal and get to live a fun life. Hmm. I mean, myself, I'm not a vegan. I, I can't do it myself. And it takes a lot of willpower for that. It's one of the hardest things probably to do. So it pats off to those who do it. I myself struggle. I mean, my sister is a vegetarian. I, you know, I try to follow it sometimes and I, I can't myself. Like I need that meat on the table. I'm programmed for it. But again, it's hard. I mean, what I think we should do is, you know, a day or a month or something like that where we don't you know use all this meat and these you know um don't kill animals we just do some we do things right for one month what you're proposing is a, a regulated uh ideal and and like i said when you propose a regulated ideal that means excuse me that you need to have a larger government base in order to defend that. Are you ready to be paying more taxes? Are you ready to you know, support a heftier government because of that? If it means saving the future and our money is going towards that, that's fine. If it's going towards um, stupid things like uh, oh, they introduced a carbon tax and don't know where the fuck it went. Don't know where it goes. I want to release the information for it. Wrong. That's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. Yeah, granted. Yeah, I see what you mean about that. It's just be a stupid government being a stupid government. I mean, I will, for one, agree with the carbon tax, but it's just not managed properly. It's not. It's not dealt with properly. It's not. It's not how it went. It's fucked up. But look, you know, um, you got these different levels of vegans. You got dietary, ethical, and environment. I mean, which one do you like? Which one do you think you would be the most? Do you do you agree with all three? Like, 
Um, okay, so they're they're all right in their own ways, obviously, mm-hmm. and everybody's got their own reasons to do things. Uh, the one I agree with most to answer your question is the environmental vegan, because it not only thinks about us uh, as a present, it also you know proceeds to uh, the future, right? Obviously, we want our kids, our grandchildren, to live in the best life that we can provide them for like from now and if we can prepare for it i would make the if we can prepare for it as a whole i would make the sacrifice and i would try and you know become vegan but i don't want it to be like i'm gonna sacrifice my enjoyment but someone else is gonna ruin it for my people down the line does that make sense it does yeah yeah one That's uh, pretty much the uh, the one I agree with most. It is the environmental vegans, you know. You know, we want to stop the greenhouse gases and have a good, clean, green, more green future, at least, than we are projected to have now. Easily, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I would, I, you know what, I would probably agree with dietary vegans. Dietary, dietary vegans the most because of the uh, fact that they're more individual-based. You know, they're, not, they're not looking to, to solve some higher purpose with their veganism. They're just trying to solve the purpose that is really inside themselves. Isn't that really what, what it boils down to? That's good. Oh, obviously, self-projection is good. I, as I said before, they're, they're all right in their own ways. Uh, I just believe that uh, we should come together and try to do it together. Obviously, the health vegans are people we look up to. Obviously, see the way they live, you know, how it impacts their life. It's better for them. Maybe they can... in the gym or whatever, have more energy. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're more outgoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we can look at those guys and be like, you know what, like, it is a good idea. I'll switch. And it becomes an environmental vegan right there. Where if you're doing it for yourself, obviously it's it's good. Long term, and you know how it's going to affect our future. I mean, shouldn't that? That's the way we should really be thinking about a lot of stuff. Uh, agreeably, I I think for many years we haven't thought about what we're going to do about the future. We've kind of looked at our own places and our own situations and wondered how we're going to get out of the ruts that we are rather than the ruts that we're creating for the future. You know? You know, like, that draws in another question. I mean, look, we're discussing veganism and all that, but there are parts of the world where they they don't have enough to eat to begin with. So who are we to say that we here in Canada... I've decided to go the vegan route, but everybody else is either allowed to go their way or or do we impress upon them the fact that veganism is the way to go? Oh, it's not about a affordability thing anymore because I think the average Canadian will be, would afford to, can afford to be a vegan. It's not even an option for some people. You, You can't afford it. You can't, it's an expensive 
uh, diet, like to become a vegan, is an expensive diet. Granted, absolutely. The, the average Canadian probably could support a vegan diet, but you're right. Uh, anybody uh, living the in the, the lower cannot support. I don't believe that the average Canadian can support a vegan diet. Don't think so? It is actually an expensive diet. You're not eating out anymore. It's not McDonald's and all the grocery shop. And the prices that I see on the grocery shop, I grabbed like four grapefruits the other day and the girl was like 10 bucks. I'm like, it's four grapefruits. It's weighed by weight. You know, it's you pay by weight. So, of course, grapefruits are going to be so heavy. So if you think 10 grapefruits cost a 10 bucks, that's a lot. Yeah. You can go have a fucking meal at McDonald's for fucking four grapefruits. <laughs> It'll fill yeah. you up faster. I think we should lean towards more of uh, growing our own, you know, use your own backyard. Uh, I see what you mean. So if you're going to go vegan, you, you support a more very personal very, you know, manageable by yourself. But what about during the winter? We have some pretty harsh winters. You can't, I mean, unless you have a greenhouse, you can grow. But what about other people? Well, obviously, there's going to be people that can't grow it for whatever reason. You live in a condo or whatever. Um, there is going to be, obviously, supermarkets open for it, no, 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah, there is supermarkets open. The worst case scenario. But I think that we should even in school learn about how to grow plants and how to grow everything. We don't know how, like, I, I don't know how to grow stuff. I don't know if the average person knows how to grow plants properly, which is something that we should have been taught. I was taught by my family and my grandfather, but, you know, I hear you. I mean, we're not really taught in school. I mean, we, one we of the most important things. Yeah, we we kind of go back to this podcast. Our education is... A lot of things that really could have been fleshed out a little bit more. You kind of never get around to it. Um, look, if we were to take a deep dive into the ethical, philosophical side of veganism, um, it gets it gets quite hefty. Like. Um, Ethical veganism is broken up mainly into two camps. There, you have the protectionist veganism camp and the abolitionist veganist camp. Um, protectionists arguing that animal suffering can be relieved, that the meat industry can be more heavily regulated. Um, you know, they all allow meat eaters, but the abolitionists argue that animals need to be liberated from the meat industry and that. Is some even propel it to the level of freeing pets and personal animals because you know our treatment of them in this system is is cruel. So they all um, need to be. Well, here's a question um, I'm actually wondering about. So if you can answer it, even better. Uh, so let's say we don't we don't kill the animals, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't kill the animals. We let them be liberated. And they're out there and they're free. We're going to be, obviously, we're going to have more people in the future, much more, as I said, 10 billion. And they're obviously going to produce because we're not killing them anymore. Is there going to be room for humans on Earth? Well, that's the so thing. Bring into contact you, with an animal? That's, that's the thing, Mike. If you go the vegan route, and all you're doing is you're hoarding the idea that 
uh, you know, the vegan route is very anti-species. And you can argue that us as humans up to this point have been very specious. Uh, you know, we're specious because we say that we are humans, we are smarter, we are more powerful, therefore we deserve we deserve all of the choice vegetables and sustenance. But what you're arguing is that, what you're asking, I should say, is what happens when we stop being Well, that's when we decide between, you know, that's when, not we decide, that's when we tell everyone that we are on equal playing field as the other animals. That means they can eat whatever they want, we can eat whatever they want, but, but that does boil down to a paradox. No, let me put it to you like this. What happens when, you know, you come face to face with an ox raising uh, the same food that you want to kill it? You're not allowed to legally. What do you do? Obviously, you don't kill it. You put a barrier around what you want. My main concern was more um, human interactions, like a one-on-one interaction with an eagle or something, you know, a tiger just comes to your backyard and you're like, what the fuck? Well, that's the thing. Do you say what up or do you kill it? That's exactly it. Like, because what happens is if you, even if you put that border up, you're still going to have animals crossing into your territory. Yeah, you and yourself now, obviously have to come out of that border sometime, right? To go gather something or whatever. Or, exactly. What you're posing, by the way, is something... I have no problem with. I have no problem. You know, I don't agree with veganism up to the point of veganarchists. Now, this is a certain level of the vegan philosophy, which combines veganism and anarchism. Uh, do you know what anarchism is, Mike? Uh, you can explain. Anarchy or the philosophical idea of anarchy, and it's not that people go crazy in the streets. It's the idea that we as humans are smart enough to govern ourselves. We don't need a central body of government to uh, tell us what to do. We, as surprisingly, family, surprisingly, I believe we do need. We do need it. Uh, we need. Somebody who tells us or, you know, a major place what to do, you know, a major city or whatever. They do. We do need guidance. I know it's surprising. This might surprise you, too. I actually kind of believe in anarchy. I do believe that we as people can live and govern ourselves. There will be a time like I study history. So I know that even if we did go the route of anarchy, there, some people would set up their own government and then try to conquer other people again. That's pretty fucked up, but that's just human civilization. I think anarchy can work for a short period of time, allowing us to kind of restart and remold. Um, but that's that's something I do believe in. I, you know, I don't think anarchy and veganism can truly come together as one, which the vegan anarchists believe you know they believe that uh 
as long as we keep a governing body and the ill treatment of animals will persist. But if we get rid of that, and then we get rid of people having their own animals, then we're all good. I don't believe that's actually, that, that doesn't go well together. If you're going to govern yourself, that means you need to be able to hunt, you need to be able to uh, gather food, and, and you're, exactly, you're going to go back to uh, a form of life that is, that in which you have to protect whatever little territory that you have. Or, there is no territory. You you argue that there is no territory. People get to live off the land how we used to back in the day. That's fine too. That's fine too to me, man. I mean, if we all just went out and did our own thing, you know, you go, you just build your own house on a piece of land. But mm. if the uh, land gets too crowded, let's say I want to build the house here and you want to build the house here, what happens? Well, that's when uh, that's. Like we either come to terms or we come to terms of war. That's just how yeah. we have to live. Well, do you believe you know little wars here and there? Right. I, uh, it might be an argument of might makes right, but it's also an argument of what we're doing, what we are doing to the world is quite unsustainable, but only because of the amount of people we have. Yeah. Can't. Find some small way to live together and govern ourselves, and we will continue to ride this boat of large governance by large powers into the deep end. Some would say we already are in the deep end. We can't get out. Well, yeah, you know what? You've... I did think that we needed a, a body to govern us, but changed my mind. I, I think, you know what? We might not. Even if it is a small war here and a small war there, it's a better than one big ass massive war. It is, Mike. Uh, it's just not like uh, to death for something small. Oh yeah, no. Of an argument, yeah. And we might reactivate the old uh, blood feuds that kind of go on. You know, like your father punched my father in the head, so now I got to punch you in the head. That's just part of life. I mean, we bring our troubles, our family troubles into life day by day. So, I don't know. Some would consider it a more primitive lifestyle. I consider it a more sustainable lifestyle. Um, yeah, it's good. But I, I like when we can agree, Mike. That's, that's always a good thing. Yeah. It's quite a bit in here, actually. What else do you want to talk about veganism? Like, what else do you got? Um, veganism. What else? What else do we got to talk about? Well, I mean, we won't go into them too much, but there are some other elements of uh, veganism out there. There's the um, religion. Yeah, there's religious veganism. Some forms of veganism kind of grow out of the Christian and Jewish, and um, especially Hindu and Buddhist styles. I mean, Hindus 
definitely see certain animals as incredibly sacred. And there are mass amounts of Hindus who um, respect animals enough not to eat them. So I, I, I did a job the other day where um, moving in some a Hindu family and they ordered, but here's the funny thing. They ordered for us for lunch, which is very nice, very generous. They, they ordered us cheeseburger for themselves. They got yeah. themselves vegan burgers. Uh, is this more of a, they don't want to digest meat or is it more of the non-violence? They don't want, they don't want to be violent towards another living species. Um, because, because he did buy you the burger, right? So I don't think it's not, I don't, I think it's, uh, for him it was more of the, he doesn't want to consume meat, but it's okay yeah. if you do. He exactly, didn't have a problem yeah. buying it. Oh, in the Hindu tradition, in the Hindu uh, medieval texts, uh, they recommend a something called ahimsa, uh, non-violence against all life forms, including animals, because they believe it minimizes animal deaths. So the Hindu poets and Hindu uh, scholars from, from old kind of saw this happening. They understood that mass slaughtering of animals is pretty fucked up. So, uh, you know, maybe a non-vegetarian Hindu fish, poultry, and goat meat, but it's, uh, it's definitely not uh, cows. It's definitely not ox or, or major, like, gigantic animals. Um... And even then, they favor a form called shotgun, uh, which is a quick death style preparation of meat uh, in which it minimizes the least amount of trauma and suffering to the animal. Have you ever heard, uh, of, a, ever heard of a freegan diet? Freegan? Yeah. Uh, well, here it, uh, on this side, it uh, defines them as individuals reacting against waste in capitalist society. They do not buy food, but live off what's left and thrown away by supermarkets and individuals. Oh, How crazy is that? Sounds like a... Ooh. In... Uh, it's weird. Because a lot of... A lot of products within... Stores have expiration date, and I remember when I worked at Bulk Barn, I had to throw away, or we would put on sale the stuff that was getting close to its expiration date, and then if yeah. it did expire, it was up for grabs for whatever employees wanted it. But if no employees wanted it, then it just went into the trash. Yeah, these guys are basically it says that they obtain their vegan food obviously from different sources and not all of them are legal so they do some of them do illegal acts to obtain vegan food but for a good reason i mean not many people will go to the dumpster you know or the back of a grocery store to go and get their food oh that's that's definitely true i mean and but the question remains are they vegan and vegetarian because they don't want because they they choose not to be or because 
any meat that is thrown out is raw really? and will yeah. and is possible sickening. That's also something to think about. Okay. I mean, look, these people go dumpster diving. Um, you know, they squat on abandoned property to grow gardens. Choose not to hold jobs and said volunteer or teach repair workshops for other freegans. I mean, they have their own sort of lifestyle going on here. Still, how much are these freegans giving back to the consumerist lifestyle? Are they just at this point living as hobos, just kind of? going from place to place or are they actively against the consumerist life? Um, obviously if you're put in this category, you're obviously against the, the whole killing animals thing. I don't think it's a more of a, as you can't afford it kind of thing or you're trying to live a hobo lifestyle. I mean, that's just kind of what it feels to me. The fact that it's, um, it's more anti-consumerist than it is actually vegan. Yeah. No, and I, there, I think it's weird to say, but are these people now? Are are these people taking away from those who? don't make the choice to become homeless? Like, like, how does that fit into the sort of homeless system that lives in every city, right? Because there are homeless in major cities, but if now you have people choosing to become homeless or hobos, yeah. how does that interrupt how those people get? Well, it does. It, yeah, you're right. It definitely interrupts to like uh, the schedule of someone who is actually a hobo? Because what if you what if you get there first, right? So you just took his food. You can afford the food. He can't. You're just trying to support your movement. It's a big issue. Hmm. No, absolutely it's gigantic. Yeah, hey, uh, it's not a favorable way to go, I guess. No, not in my opinion. Freaking, it's also you know you're very. Uh, you know, you're deciding that sort of shame. That you're interfering into something else. You're interfering into something else. Exactly. And, and, it, and it almost looks like it's people from an upper lifestyle that choose to become freegan. Like, like these, are, these are people who clearly have some sort of opportunity or some sort of, um, what's it called? Uh, privilege in society to choose to become freegan instead of people who are kind of down on their luck and, and forced into yeah. this situation. I agree. That seems... Um, yeah. Veganism has come a long way. I mean, we've got a lot of junk food like like burgers and, and stuff like that. Uh, fries are, you know, fries are already vegan, but like hot dogs, ice cream, stuff like that that you can enjoy that are now vegan, actually. That is true. Boy, this is it's pretty it's pretty good. But at what point is it considered cheating, Mike? Like look, you can ask the question when lesbians use dildos, is it, you know, 
is it cheating? Like, are they still technically using a phallic device because, you know, they still want to use something phallic or is it just there? Like, do we, should we not even care? It's kind of the same question. You know, you're making tofu bacon. You're making vegan burgers. You're making vegan whatever. Well, what, now it, that I think of it, why can't we just make something else? Like something different. I just have to be new. Exactly. It could be something new. Why does it have to be a burger? Why does it have to be a fucking... Because we're so used to having a burger that, you know, sometimes you really want to enjoy a burger, but you just can't. You can't. And then, boom, we got this vegan burger, and you're like, wow. You know? Tastes like a fucking burger. Imitates the meat perfectly. I don't think it imitates the meat perfectly, Mike. Look, I think what happens is you support vegan burger and then you're eating the burger and then you're comparing it back to a meat burger you're you're gonna compare it that's like if you make something new though then you have something you're not comparing it to what meat it originally came from or the idea of it you you're comparing it to now something new and innovative Ah, uh, but there's things that people miss. So, like, you'll miss eating a burger. So you'll be like, okay, you know, this is the closest thing I can get to it. Boom. But I think if you're going to go vegan, you don't miss anything. You just argue, hey, like, I got to, you know, I want to eat something vegan. I want to eat something that's plant-based, not meat-based. Yeah, but that's like saying I'm going to break up with my girlfriend. And I'm going to be with my new girlfriend. And I'm not going to miss the old girlfriend. <laughs> yeah okay but if you're, you're still gonna have feelings for the old girlfriend if you see her no matter what granted granted you're still gonna want a burger maybe here and there but that's the point of willpower if you're just gonna say hey i'm gonna go eat a vegan burger now what sort of willpower is that you're you're not even putting any willpower into it what you're doing yeah, is you're saying, trying to soften the blow you know you you're already taking the blow as you can't fucking have meat anymore. So if you soften it, it's better. And you're following the rules. Everything's good. It's like bending the law. <laughs> you arguing with me is like telling me like, oh, fucking when a lawyer makes up a story, like, oh, no, you can't make up that story. But if it lines up with his, with his uh, client's storyline, yeah, everything is good. It doesn't matter if you lie. You're trying to trick yourself. You're trying to use psychological tricks on yourself so that you don't go back to eating meat. It makes what's your life easier. With, what's wrong with developing a new sort of culture? What's wrong with developing something new for yourself? What's wrong with, you know, coming up with vegan, uh, vegan smorgish? You know, like, I don't know what that is, but I just made it up. What, what if I was to grab a whole bunch of vegetables, slam it together, call it, this is my smorgish. Well, uh, so it would have to be, it would have to be reintroduced to society. They don't know what it is. It's like uh, being an Italian food or where are you from again? What's your background? Don't you have like yeah, 30 or something? Don't you have like yeah. 30 backgrounds? Well, I'm half Italian, half Canadian, but we say Canadian because it's like, oh, you know, British, Irish, Scottish, uh, stuff like that, really. Yeah, I'm sure you have dishes that weren't introduced to people around you, and then you're like, oh, like this is a whatever. 
oh, whatever the dish is. And they're like, oh, what the hell is that? And they have to reintroduce everything to the world. It's like, okay, you're going to open up a shop, right? And you want to sell smorgish. Mm-hmm. You're going to put smorgish on there, and they're going to be like, what the fuck's a smorgish? Until they find out, they actually step in your restaurant, they taste it, probably tastes like crap. They leave, you close down your business, and they'll figure out what it is. But they're going to be like, I don't want to ever have a smorgish again. What are you going to do? No more smorgish. Yeah, and they don't want a smorgish. They don't want a smorgish. But what I'm saying is I've made something new, a vegan society or a vegan culture. And now, if they want it, they want it. If they don't want it, they don't want it. Look, Mike, on some days, I don't want a burger. I could fucking detest a burger. You know? Go have a smorgish, George. I will. Oh, I'm going to make a fucking smorgish. I'm going to go make a fucking smorgish, and, and I'm going to shove it down your goddamn throat. You're gonna love it. Shove it through my ass. It's gonna go back the same way. <laughs> All right, Mike. I uh, I think I've talked the shit out of veganism. Yeah. Unless you have anything else. Um, good with what was said. I'm content. Content with it. Good to go to uh, fan questions. Uh, yeah, we could we could go to fan questions definitely. Right, let me see if I got the right music. Oh baby, right music. <laughs> oh baby, do you know about love? Oh baby, it's a hell. Oh no, it's. Ooh, baby, do you, you know what find love it, is? Ooh, baby, it's a place, place on earth. earth. Oh, yeah. Get up and move, baby. Get out your seat. And welcome. George. <laughs> Wow, wow. All right, so like this question comes uh, from Mr. Gorf in Nantucket. Um, he asks, was Harambe a victim of modern America? Was Hammurabi? Do you know, what Har- you know who Harambe yeah. was? Uh, it was that monkey that was that died? The gorilla that uh, I guess like the kid got too close or something and, and the gorilla started like going yeah, and then people shot him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was the one. Long time ago. Would you um, would you yeah. say that he was a victim of modern America? Yeah, absolutely. He was there. He was in the fucking zoo. Whether or not, you know, that the kid got too close to the gate or anything. What happened exactly? Was the kid close to the gate or something? Or was I th- so i think he had like gone over the gate something like that um just go over that quick and back in 2016 um girl boy climbed into the gorilla enclosure um at the cincinnati zoo in botanical garden and was grabbed and dragged by harambe a 17 year old western lowland gorilla fearing for the boy's life a zoo worker shot and killed Okay, so basically, kid goes, climbs the barrier, jumps over. Mm-hmm. That's our first problem right there. 
How the fuck can go out and just climb it? Shouldn't he have he's, a full enclosure? Exactly. He's three years old. How do you allow a three-year-old to climb over the enclosure? Like, how low is that fucking barrier? Yeah, so like you're telling me this three-year-old climb it, but that Hammurabi couldn't do it? Well, theirs is like a little bit lower, right? Like so, so the enclosure, the way it goes, I guess it's like really embedded in the ground. Excuse me. So once it's embedded oh, so far in the ground, yeah, 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 uh, I mean, it's above ground, I guess. The cage. Yeah, it's below ground. Yeah. Let's see. Um, and, yeah, kid could not should not be able to do it. Regardless, um, is he a part of the American? What what did you call it before? Uh, asking if he was a victim of modern America. A victim of modern America, absolutely. I that's what I that's my opinion on. Uh, we're I'm ready to go to the next question if you are. Ready to go to the oh, automatically. Jesus, holy Christ! All right, so um, uh, our next out. Oh, this is a very this is an international one. We have a question from Anna Karishnikara. Um. Yeah. From uh, Saint Petersburg, Russia, actually. Um, no, she asks. Um, do you agree with feminist veganism? If not, why not? A feminist veganism. So, recap what that's on exactly. Uh, so feminist veganism is particularly an interesting um, a philosophy of veganism. Uh, so it, it relates the oppression and treatment of animals to the oppression and treatment of women in society. So the fact that in a patriarchal system, we, uh, you know, truly keep women and animals down so that we are at a higher level and we can tell them what to do. Wait, wait, wait. So is that like, we're not, is that like, we're not fair to the male monkey as much as we do for the female monkey or something like that? No, no. It's more that if by, so, okay. Think about it like this. We have, them in place in work where we hire males before we hire females. We make okay. sure that males are paid more. We make sure that males are treated better than females. Well, they relate it to the fact that animals don't get a choice the same way that in say, the workplace, women don't get a choice. Um, you know, the animals are treated terribly. He makes sure that they are, you know, kind of put from place to place without giving them any chance to to live a happy life. And these feminist veganism, these feminist veganists would argue the same thing about women in society, that we kind of put them from place to place, whether it be in the workplace or back in the home, without giving them a chance. Uh, um. Oh, George, you you know when they uh you know when they were saying oh like uh there's no such thing as a stupid question. <laughs> that's a stupid question. You think that's a stupid question? That's a stupid question. It. 
finally <laughs> answer that. I don't know how to answer it. I actually don't know how to answer it. I'm not going to answer it. Interesting. All right. Um, you have no way to answer it, eh? Way to answer it at all. Mike? Do you have any more questions? Yes. Yes, we do. Uh, we have one from Lezik Ella. Uh, you know, this guy's from uh, uh, Calgary, Alberta. Uh, and he asks, What do you think? of Greta uh, Thunberg's uh, being a CNN analyst for COVID-19. Greta Thunberg's? You know who Greta Thunberg is? Thunberg, Thunberg, Greta Thunberg. She's a Swedish activist, a Swedish environmental activist. Oh, is it that kid, that, that little girl? She's 17 years old. Oh, she's not actually a little girl anymore. Uh, yeah. But when she can't kind of came to prominence, she was seen as a little girl. So, um, yeah, she's the she's that environmental activist. Okay, uh, she's an environmental act- activist. So, well, what exactly was she basically going up against? What was she? Well, she's been. How much she's, she's actually become a CNN analyst. COVID nineteen. Okay, so she she works at CNN. So obviously, right off the bat, um, they just hired this kid to try to make an impression on the world. I think just because she works for CNN, I think she's useless. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit! That's that is right to the fucking core. I mean, she has a couple good ideas, but to call her altogether useless because she works for CNN, that's fucked. Yeah, I, she was, I think she was fighting climate change at one point. I thought there was an article on that. But anyway. Yes, well, during this yeah. time, during COVID-19, she actually argues that we have to fight COVID-19 and climate change at the same time. She says the problem uh, at a are not... 1.4 fucking percentage rate at the, at the death rate, 1.4 death rate percentage from COVID-19, if you mention that to me, I laugh because I, I don't take I don't take COVID-19 seriously uh, as anybody else shouldn't take it seriously. It's bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. They got Greta Thunberg, some 17-year-old, trying to make an impression on us. You know, we have we have much more to worry about than this, this 1.4% death rate. If we were worried about this, we'd have to be worried about the flu every fucking year. Hmm. Well, look, she she argues that uh, when people listen to scientists, uh, you know, the same way that we listen to scientists during COVID-19, if we listen to scientists about the climate crisis, that, you know, things could actively get better for humanity. Yeah. If we listen to scientists, right, we follow exactly what they do, we won't be open until 2050. Okay. So this girl is going to be 40 years old and she hadn't had a life because she hasn't stepped out of her fucking house, right? Then mm-hmm. she'll know she was wrong when she was 17 working for CNN. 
Fucking says, Sienna. Mike, she says, if one single virus can destroy economies in a couple of weeks, it shows that we are not thinking long term and taking risks into account. We have to adapt. Yeah, it, it destroyed our economy. Because we let it destroy our economy. Mm -hmm. Fucking news. And it's telling people to stay home. People are going to stay home. Economy's going to go down, right? Mm -hmm. I believe we shouldn't even stay home. Don't think we should stay oh, home? Oh. Spreading, the rate is 1.4%, a low percentage. Another thing, uh, it's being uh, overvalued. Like the COVID-19 is being, uh, they're overprojecting it. Anybody who dies of anything died of COVID. Mm -hmm. Right off the bat, right there, do I trust your government? No. Why are they lying? Or else I won't believe you for other facts they bring. You're not factual to me anymore. I don't, you know, your sources are shit. <laughs> you you completely call Greta Thunberg a complete, you know, out there yeah. and BS. Don't get me wrong. She's successful for her age. You know what? She's probably done more than I did. And she's only 17, right? But they paid her to be a face, or, you know, maybe to, to impact... Or look, look, and be like, "Oh wow, look, look at our future. It's so bright." No, all these fucking, you know, the kids are getting stupider and stupider. Let's let's get to the chase. Humanity is becoming stupider and stupider. It all makes sense because obviously, your owner doesn't want you to become smarter than them, mm. or else you know you take their place. Yeah, you argue that it's you know it's active. Is rising because people don't want the the lower classes to be smarter. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I do not believe all this publicity for Greta Thunberg was deserved. Useless. Totally useless. All right. And I, we got one final question. Um, uh, we got a lot of questions this week. Like Jesus Christ, I don't know who the hell you've been tapping into but jesus uh it actually i think it actually relates with the what you just answered but uh phoebe stott from rhode island u.s she asks uh, do you agree with elon musk saying that the lockdown should be lifted and people be going back to work and if not how long would you wait a week a month a year how long would you wait? how long will i wait for this lockdown to finish um, I do agree with Elon Musk. We should. We have to open up. We're going to open up. Maybe survival of the fittest. People are going to die. Hundred percent. I didn't create it, so you can't hate on me. <laughs> if we don't open up, right, people are going to be stuck in their houses. And I believe that this this uh, this COVID will probably mutate to something stronger if you're just in your basement breathing the same air, right? It's like leaving a virus in a pond of water, right? Mm -hmm. If you leave all these fucking feces in a pond of water, it actually becomes stronger because DNA fucking mutates and it becomes something else. But yeah, I you have that, different... I believe if we step outside, it's going to be in the air, which is it is already, but it's going to be more dispersed. If you disperse it, it's a lesser effect. Mm -hmm. right? 
And with a 1.4% death rate, I'm not worried about this. I believe that most people overcome it. Obviously, the elderly should stand. I'm not saying you know, everybody should just go out and have a free-for-all. We should open up. We should open up slowly, yeah. But we should open up soon. Because waiting is not going to solve this issue. Um, even though you like receiving $2,000 a month from the government? See, that's not bad. Uh, <laughs> receiving $2,000 a month and everything's closed, it's kind of shit. Where am I going to yeah, go, right? I can't go to yeah. a bar. Stuck inside my house getting $2,000 a month. Yeah, the money's rolling in, but nothing's open. It would be nice. It'd be nice if we got $2,000 a month rest of our lives and they just taxed the Christ out of the billionaires of this country so that we could live. Yeah, I actually had the cops over my house the other day, George. Oh, wait, I was the, uh, having a bonfire you... with I was having a bonfire with a few friends. Cops show yeah, up the and cops they, come over to you. Yeah, my mom answered the door and they're like, It's the second time we've been here for a noise complaint and you got are you guys having a bonfire? Mom obviously said, No, there's nobody in the back, you know? He's there. He had a barbecue. That's why it smells like fire. They went, waited in front of my house for like half an hour, an hour. That's where your taxpayer money goes. But Mike, These you people. lit a literal beacon fire. You literally said, hey, look at me. Yeah, that's cool. I had, a, I had a fire with four friends. Oh, it's not the end of the world. When fucking there's people in the plaza playing with each other, there's fucking 20 cars there and people are fucking together. They're gonna come after me with my little hut and my fucking four people. Unbelievable. But you know what, Mike? That that just means you have shite neighbors. You have literal asshole neighbors that instead of coming over to your house and talking to you personally, they'd rather call the police on you. I wouldn't say that's the fault of the police officers. They're just following up, you know, a complaint of people. I would say that's more the problem of your stupid neighbors. Oh, yeah, there's a both fault 100%. Because if I were the fucking cop, I'd be like, what? Can I go to his house and give him a day because he's having a fucking bonfire? Are you nuts? Oh, listen, if I was that cop, I would go over, I would try to figure out who the fuck called me as well. I'd be like, listen, you know, there's nothing here. I don't know what you're talking about. In fact, you're now the person who called a, a false report. So now you're the one who should be. I, I don't think it's the fault of the police. I argue it's the fault of your stupid neighbors. They, Like I said, if they really wanted to stop it, if they really wanted to voice their concerns, they would come over themselves instead of trying to get you know people who have who should be doing something more. I definitely I would definitely appreciate it more if someone came and was like, hey, you guys not have a bonfire because... I'm a loner and, you know, my life sucks. I'm, I'm probably like, he's probably a 60-year-old man living in his fucking basement. And his fucking family doesn't want to see him. He's about to croak. And they have a good reason now. And, you know, he's just probably like self-reflecting on himself and, you know, he's about to go. So, you know, I could sit there, have my bonfire and laugh about it. That relates back to our, our talk of veganism. Like, like I believe dietary veganism is the best way because you focus on yourself. You don't care what other people are going to do. You just focus on yourself. When you have people, you're fucked. And when you have people that sit there and judge everyone else who, who don't look at themselves first, then you're fucked. Yeah. That's all, that's all it is, man. Just 
focus on yourself. Don't fucking go and rat on your fucking neighbor. Like, what kind of bullshit ass fucking society is this? That's it, buddy. I live in a society that I don't even fucking know my own neighbors. Exactly. That's the world that we live in now. Listen, you should love your neighbor. You should should listen to his criticisms when he comes over and be like yes i agree with you or no i disagree with you and then leave it at that that's it yeah calling the class pity shit that's pity shit exactly i agree with you 100 percent, mike absolutely absolutely i'm glad we can we can agree at the end of the podcast i'm pretty tuckered out how are you doing mike um, you know, we're good. Good? Yep. Perfect. Uh, thank you, Mike. This has been a fantastic topic. And uh, I, don't know, so I couldn't, have asked for, couldn't have asked for a better co-host, Mike. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you're great, too. You're not as good as me, but you know. <laughs> well, fuck you, too, Mike. <laughs> <Yeah>. Kid. <laughs> All right, guys.